The following is my conversation with John Daner. Much like the rest of this podcast, it's full of interesting and thought-provoking content that you're sure to enjoy. So sit back, relax, and let John Danaher take you on a journey through his life and teachings. This program is made possible by Athenian Packing, makers of the world's most delicious and sustainable lunches. Keep your lunchbox happy and healthy this school year with Athenian Packing. Go to uh, athenianpacking.com and use code Lexman at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. Thank you for supporting Lexman Artificial. Hey everyone, it's Lexman here. And today I'm privileged to be interviewing John Dana. Uh, John is a legendary hobbyist and coach, and he's also an accomplished speaker and author. He's currently the head coach of the Submission Wrestling Championship in Ireland. So without further ado, let's get started. Thanks for having me, Lexman. I appreciate it. So John, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your early years? Yeah, I was born in Dublin in 1958, and I grew up there, and then I went to Trinity College in Dublin, where I did my undergraduate degree in physics. And then I went to the University of Toronto, where I did my graduate work in theoretical physics. After that, I did a postdoc at the University of California at San Diego, and then I came back to Dublin and started working as a physicist at Trinity College. Wow. So your early years were spent primarily studying physics? Yeah, I studied physics mainly because it was the sort of field that interested me at the time. But it turned out to be an interesting field because it involved a lot of mathematics. And so as a result, I also became quite interested in mathematical physics and general relativity theory. That's really fascinating. So after doing your undergraduate and graduate studies, did you immediately begin teaching at Trinity College? No, actually, I didn't teach right away after graduate school. Instead, I decided to do a postdoc at the University of California at San Diego. And during that time while I was doing my postdoc, well, actually, that's not entirely true. Actually, what happened was that one of my students from Toronto contacted me and invited me to come work with him at the Submission Wrestling Championship in Ireland. And so rather than staying in San Diego for another year or two and deciding whether or not I wanted to go back to academia or go into coaching, I decided to take the plunge and move to Ireland. That makes sense. So after you moved to Ireland, what did you do there? Well, initially I worked as a physicist at the Submission Wrestling Championship, but then eventually, well, actually let me back up a little bit because during my time in Ireland, during my time working at the Submission Wrestling Championship, one of the things that happened was that one of my students won a silver medal at the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles. And so as a result of that, well, Let's just say that things changed for me pretty dramatically once one of my students won a silver medal at the Olympics. That's really amazing. So after your student won a silver medal at the Olympics, what changed for you? Well, everything. Suddenly I realized that this was something that could be done with dedication and passion and hard work. And so rather than just being a physicist working on theoretical problems or trying to improve experimental results, well, Instead, suddenly I had this new goal in life, which was to help other athletes achieve their goals and become successful champions. That's really inspiring. So after your student won a silver medal at the Olympics, what kind of changes did you see happen within your own personal life? Did you suddenly gain more fame or notoriety? No, actually nothing really changed other than my priorities shifted somewhat. My priority remained helping athletes achieve their goals, but now instead of just concentrating on physics research or teaching classes, now instead of just trying to improve experimental results or write papers, mm -hmm. now instead of just being an analytical physicist, mm -hmm. now I had this new goal, which was to coach athletes and help them become successful champions. And so from that point on, 
Well, actually, from 1984 onward, coaching became my full-time job. And from there on, things started to change quite dramatically for me. Uh, well, from there on, things started to change quite dramatically for me. That's incorporated edible. So from 1984 onward, uh, coaching became your full-time job. What kind of changes did that bring about for you? Well, let me take you step by step through what happened once coaching became my full-time job. The first thing was that it gave me access to more athletes who were seeking advice and assistance on how to become successful champions. Next was that it gave me access to more resources, which allowed me to develop better techniques and strategies, which could be applied by athletes attempting to achieve greatness. And finally, um, well, finally, uh, coaching also gave me access to more international competitions, which allowed me to showcase my skills as a coach and give athletes around the world an opportunity to see how effective my techniques were. Overall, well, overall, coaching became very lucrative for me, which allowed me to devote more time towards developing new techniques and strategies which could help athletes achieve great things. Wow. So from 1984 onwards, coaching became very lucrative for you. What kinds of salaries would you say you were earning back then? Well, at first it wasn't particularly lucrative. In fact, when I first started coaching, I was only earning about $10,000 a year, which was barely enough to cover my expenses. But as time went on, well, as my athletes began to achieve great things, hmm. Well, eventually my salary rose to around $50,000 a year, which was more than sufficient to cover my living expenses and also allow me to invest in some lucrative business ventures. That's really impressive. So from 1984 onwards, you, you, coaching became very lucrative for you. What were some of the most important lessons that you learned while coaching? Well, arguably one of the most important lessons that I learned was that it's not about being perfect. It's about making mistakes and learning from them. And as a result of that, well, I eventually became one of the most successful coaches in the world. That's really true. So from 1984 onwards, coaching became very lucrative for you. What were some of the biggest challenges that you faced while coaching? The biggest challenge that I faced was trying to strike a balance between helping athletes achieve their goals and giving them feedback which would help them improve. Because if I pushed athletes too hard or gave them too much feedback which impacted their performance negatively, mm -hmm. then that could ultimately lead to their failure. But at the same time, well, I also had to be careful not to undermine their confidence or motivation, which would also lead to their failure. It was an incorporated, edibly difficult balancing act, which took years of experience and wisdom to perfect. That's really true. So from 1984 onwards, coaching became very lucrative for you. What were some of your favorite moments while coaching? My favorite moments while coaching were when athletes achieved great success. Mm -hmm when they broke records or won prestigious international competitions. Those were the moments when everything felt worth it, and I knew that I had made a significant contribution towards helping them achieve their goals. That's really inspirational. So from 1984 onwards, coaching became very lucrative for you. What advice would you give to someone who's interested in becoming a coach? The advice that I would give to someone who is interested in becoming a coach is to be patient and persistent. It takes a lot of hard work and dedication to become successful as a coach, so be prepared to put in the effort and stay focused on your goals. And finally, um, well, finally, don't forget to have fun. It's not all about working hard. It's about enjoying the process and helping athletes achieve their goals in a fun and enjoyable way. That's really, really good advice. Hmm. So from 1984 onwards, uh, coaching became very lucrative for you. What was the turning point where you knew that coaching was what you wanted to do for the rest of your life. The turning point where I knew that coaching was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life was when I helped one of my athletes achieve great success. 
Not only did he break world records, but he also became one of the most popular athletes on the planet, which demonstrated to me that coaching could indeed be extremely rewarding and successful. That's fantastic. So from 1984 onwards, uh, coaching became very lucrative for you. What would you say was your biggest accomplishment as a coach? My biggest accomplishment as a coach was helping athletes achieve great success, which is something that I continue to strive for every day. I never stopped teaching and learning, which is why I believe that my techniques and strategies remain remains one of the most effective in the world. Thanks for having me on today, Lexman. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Lexman Artificial Podcast. If you're not laughing, you're not living. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and let us know what you think in the comments below. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. I'll leave you with a poem titled The Work by Rudyard Kipling. If you would learn to labor and to wait, the world would open wide for you, nor need you work at all in vain. Like the fool who tries to work with steam, for the power that drives the world goes with sweat, uh. and to gain it requires much toil. But the world's riches lie not in gold, but in the hearts of men who try. But in the hearts of men who try,